Today I have a special guest and she's back. It's Miss Keisha J. And Keisha is an amazing advocate. She's a self-love warrior. Cancer could never. She has a beautiful platform about empowerment, self-love, wellness, education about HIV awareness, her journey in surviving cancer. She's been through so much. But she is such an amazing person with a great story. Welcome back. How are you doing? Hi, how are you? I'm so happy to be back. What, it's been like a year or something? Yeah. You're hearing some change? Right, it's been a long time. So I'm so happy to have you back. And of course, I forgot to mention she was on the cover of the Go Queen magazine, one of my yeah. favorites. I'm just happy that we're connecting again. So you have like so many new things since the last time we talked. But I wanted to first start with everything with your cancer could never tour. Because of course, we did touch on it with our last interview how you've gotten over cancer. Just, I just, like I said, you're so resilient. So I definitely want to learn more about your cancer could never tour first. Yes, 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 yes. Literally when I was in the hospital, um, I just had kind of this, I kind of got frustrated with like the pain and just navigating the whole journey of the pain meds and just the process being in the midst of a pandemic navigating cancer and it, it was a frustration to the point to where I was like talking in the hospital room myself like man I'm so irritated I'm frustrated God like tell me what I need to do because this is too much mm. and then it went from like Jekyll and Hyde it went from me saying that to you know what you cancer could never like you're never gonna get me down and it just went from one side to the other and literally I sat up the next day took my iPad and just started writing in the notes and mm. I was like Cancer could never. That's how it came about. And I was like, it's going to be a book, but I want it to be a tour. Like, mm-hmm. and, and not like nothing massive, something like intimate in the community, um, stopping at hospitals, talking to people who are, you know, navigating or going through treatment. And I was like, I, sh- I should do it. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, let's do it. I said, but I want it to be health and wellness, meaning like I'm talking to people about what, what I did to kind of heal through it um, afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. Through it, I didn't feel like eating, so I could really only drink teas. My my taste buds were off. It was just so many things that I had to like try to figure out. And I used to be up late at night on my phone and I would just like research stuff. I constantly research and I would be in the hospital room, write notes down, okay, like, well, for this pain, let me try this. Let me get ginger root. Let me do this. And so I was like, maybe if I take that on a tour and I talk to people and tell them and show them how your mind really is the matter and how you connect the dots to everything else to do the self-healing on top of whatever treatment you're going through. So that's how it came about. And and I was just like, look, I'm going to do it. I don't want to think about it. I want to talk about it because tomorrow's not promised. So yeah. let's do it. 
Mm-hmm. The first stop was Los Angeles. And I just happened, I just happened literally to think. And I was like, kill my name, Jack the Brown. Like it just came to me. And I literally started putting things in place, reaching out. Um, I didn't know if she was going to attend or not. I was not doing it with the intention of her attending mm-hmm. and her being so involved like she was. And she was, she showed up, she prayed, like she literally did her thing. And it was dope. And that's how it kicked off. I love it. I love it. So with the whole Cancer Can Never Mission, like I said, it's just, I just admire the fact that I know like you've gone through some ups and downs where, like you said, you have the Jekyll and Hyde moment. And I know it's so easy sometimes to give up, especially when we're dealing with physical matters as well how important has it been for you just from the mental health aspect because I'm sure you know like just dealing with physical things like that how has it been for you like you said when you have those moments or you have that Jekyll and Hyde moment where it's like you know what I'm not trying to deal with this you know I'm in pain what has it taken for you mentally to get out of those deep moments because like look at what you're doing now so what are just some things that you went through, just like I said, to get out of those dark moments? To be very quite honest with you, I've always been a person that um, I do a lot of deep thinking, probably too deep sometimes to where I'm kind of like <laughs> my own worst enemy. However, I just think about everything. Like when I went through cancer, I was like, okay, look, everything I've gone through this far, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like, there's no way that this is going to take me out considering everything I've been through. But I would, I did have my days. And when I say I have my days, I have my days of being um, mentally drained, physically drained, like to choose violence every day and get up and go to radiation and, and get burned. Like that's a mental task within itself. But at the same time, I was like, okay, look, it's just been too many things over the years for this thing right here you know, to take me out or for this to be kind of like the the last piece of my legacy. So that's Mm -hmm. honestly what keeps me through um, mentally. It's just knowing that, you know, with the right focus, the right spiritual connection, without, with the the best mental health possible, you can get through something as deep as stage four cancer that I got through. You you really can't, it's not easy, (laughs) trust me. It's so many days where I was like, "Uh, not today. I don't want to do it today, God. I don't mm-hmm. do it moving forward either. And that's just being honest. But we all have those days though. And once we understand that it's okay to have those days, acknowledge those days, get to the root of those days and figure out the best way forward to move past it that works for you. Right, right, right. So with the tour, I know you said the first stop was Los Angeles. How many other stops have you had so far? So uh, it was Los Angeles, Minneapolis. Um, we just did. Um, New York. So, so far we've done three and I'll be doing uh, Atlanta next. So Atlanta is two parts. So I'm doing a sneaker story for Christmas and then the big brunch on March 25th, which will be um, awareness for colorectal cancer because March is colorectal cancer awareness. So March will be the big um, Atlanta brunch. And that will be at a dope estate with some dope sponsors. And we will be um, honoring some nurses and some survivors. So um, right now, city four, um, we have three more to go. So I'm doing just seven cities. And then after that, I'm going to do a college edition because it's okay. so imperative that we hit the colleges. 
Yes, yes, yes. So, of course, you know, as we know with cancers, there's so many different cancers that affect women of color, too, in particular. Yes. yes. What are some things that you can say to educate us as far as obviously, you know, screening, going to the doctor, early detection is key with any type of cancers, of course. What are just some things you can say to encourage people? Because I know like we all went through the whole COVID situation too. So I think that put everybody on edge. And just like I've always said, you know, with our community, sometimes it's hard for us, I guess, to really go to the doctor sometimes, you know, for so many reasons. Sometimes we're just really busy. Yeah. We're so it's like, we, we don't feel well. So we kind of like brush it off and think, oh, well, you know what? It's going to get better. So we don't go for that reason. Or just sometimes it's a fear too. Like this pain won't go away. So I don't know if I really want to hear what the doctor's going to say. Like I said, there's so many different things sometimes that really will prevent us from taking care of ourselves and just going to the doctor. So what are some things that you could say to just encourage encourage people like, hey, because of course, early detection is key to just not ignore signals with our bodies. What are some things you could say to just encourage us? Um, definitely listen to your body, right? And even when you listen to your body, you have to make sure that you're advocating to yourself when you go to these doctors. Um, for months on end, I was told that I had a hemorrhoid. I was told um, that, oh, it's an anal fistula. Oh, it's a hemorrhoid. Just go over the counter, get some cream and take some more cold or some Tylenol or anti-inflammatory and keep going. And I kept pressing the issue that the pain was too unbearable and it wasn't normal. So I really, I walked around from um, end of March, 2020 to April, 2020. And it was cancer forming. And it was me constantly pushing and advocating for myself to the point to where I was in so much pain. I felt like I was going to collapse. So you have to listen to your body. And prior to that, didn't eat meat, working out every day. You know, anybody who knows me knows I do the teas, my smoothies, my juices, I, that, that, I'm the queen of that. Hiking, I was doing it all. So just because you think you're eating healthier, just because you don't feel sick, or just because something's not hurting, or um, it doesn't have the Googleable um, symptoms, does not mean that there's something wrong. Um, you definitely need to advocate. Talk, a, be, be one with your doctor. Talk about colonoscopies, you know. I was diagnosed, I'm 38 now, I was diagnosed at 36. So have that conversation, be open about, hey, I know, you know, statistically and on paper, we're not supposed to have colonoscopies right now at this age. However, you know, I'm about to be 40. Let's make this happen. It's a, insurance is another issue. Some insurance won't even cover it because it's before the age that's on paper. So advocate, do what you need to do. Do if you got to save up for it. To make that's on paper to advocate do what you need to do do if you got to save up for it to pay for it out of your pocket do what you need to do to put your health first mm, right 
I mean, I totally understand. You know, like I said, I've definitely dealing with some health issues now and insurance alone, you know, is a whole different machine, you know, just them not approving things or just the weight gain too. It's really disheartening, especially like I know, like with women of color, there's a lot of stories now where there's some disparities on the treatment that we receive or just like you said, just getting doctors sometimes to listen to us, you know, which can be discouraging, but I definitely agree like we do have to listen to our bodies you know because our yeah. body give us those warning signals and we have to take the first step when we don't feel right like do not ignore it like definitely look into it you know because we deserve to live and get help so you Absolutely. know that's really so another thing of course that you're passionate about is your platform with HIV AIDS I know that you have you know, as well and again I just love how like you are just cancer could never HIV AIDS could never like I swear like you just really are an example of I just feel having that positivity you know because I know like a lot of times they don't want to hear positive stuff like well go ahead on with that but just having that positive energy and it doesn't mean that you're going to have a perfect day every day and I just think that's what people that's why they don't want to exactly but that's not what that means on your feelings like of course we can get angry upset tired it's just how we deal with those things like I said I think you're a perfect example on how you have manifested positivity which it does help our health and I just think people you know don't understand that part so let's talk again about just your platform with HIV AIDS awareness again there's so many stigmas regarding that and sometimes you know just sometimes talking about sexual health and wellness people still you know they they're stigmas or they don't want to really talk about it or be transparent so what are the new things that you're working on now getting that message out there for prevention and awareness with HIV and AIDS awareness and I know that December 1st is World AIDS Day yes it is yes it is and um to be very quite honest I'll be honest with you I World AIDS Day I acknowledge it however I don't want to ever always put my emphasis on that because we need to treat World AIDS Day like it's every single day you know it's something that needs to be discussed not just on December 1st every year but constantly um however it is important to use my voice on that day and so for over the years I've always kind of been the unorthodox um, advocate. I've always kind of done things kind of um, uh, eye-opening, you know, I'll poke the bear a bit because I think it has to happen. You know, we have to talk about, yeah, folks are still having sex. Yeah, people are having babies. Yeah, we're loved. We're sexy. We're getting married. We're all of those things, all of those things that you think we're not. There we go. All of, all of those things that you think we're not, we very much are, you know? Right. Um, so it's, for me, it's important to push that envelope, right? Um, we can always talk about policy. We can always talk about prep and all of those other things. But until we can't really dissect that yeah. until we engage in conversation. And the mm-hmm. conversation means, and it's going to start with individuals who are living with it being very authentic being very comfortable about talking about sexual activity, talking about their dating life, talking about, yeah, you know, I got a man, you know what I'm saying, I got married. Like having those conversations um, versus 
the public policy conversations. We got to engage in that first so that the masses can see that life is still normal. So it makes them comfortable to talk about it and then go get tested and all that other stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, I always wanted to uh, navigate in campaigns, campaigns and initiatives that kind of shape the table. Um, yeah. One of which is um, loved AF. So a lot of people think it's loved this fuck, but it's not, it's loved and fearless. Um, and that is a campaign that just showed, it's gonna showcase various um, women, various women and men, predominantly HIV, but those who navigated domestic violence, those who have been um, sexual assaulted. Because again, oftentimes people feel like damaged goods can't be loved. Damaged goods can't move on. Damaged goods can't live life. Um, so it's a campaign of, um, of course, I, um, it start the fire with it, with a photo shoot, but it's various advocates um, that I'll be collecting to do um, photo shoots. And it's them being their sexiest self because it is absolutely okay to say that I'm sexy with AEs, right? And, and being comfortable with having people know that that's okay. Like I'm not foreign, other women are not foreign, other men who are living with it are not foreign because they choose to feel sexy, feel good. Um, so that initiative is going to spark the conversation. And in those photo shoots, they will have the loved and fearless box. Different boxes have different things. So you have your self-care box and you have your sexual health box. Sexual health box will just have different resources. I'm talking about STDs and you know, we all know how you can get them, but some people are still confused. Even yeah. in 2023, <laughs> some people still are like, okay, so how do you get herpes? How do you get this? How do you get that box will have everything in there? And it'll be, you know, like um, sex toys in there. Again, don't think that, you, that we're not saying if you contract an STD, you can't still engage in sexual in- intercourse. What we're saying is make yourself aware and be healthy and make the right choice when doing it. So that's the campaign is about um and it launches valentine's day of next year so um doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff with that but Mm -hmm. i'm definitely super super excited about that because um i definitely want to poke the bear a bit (laughs) Mm -hmm. now i know like a lot of people have they're able to live with hiv and aids as opposed to you know obviously back in the 80s so even now with just advances that have taken place with treatments and medication, and everything, do you still feel like there's still like just, I don't know, resistance maybe and discussing it or with people feeling comfortable? Like it's, you know, with HIV and AIDS, do you think that there's still a bit of resistance regarding that even? Absolutely. Right. And then, there's going to be resistance, unfortunately, because we still... Um, have stigma in places that there shouldn't be. Like there's still stigma within our Medicare um, professionals. Um, some of them don't have the best bedside manner. You know, there's still stigma within the insurance companies. There's still stigma in places where there should not be, right? Um, there's still even stigma amongst advocates. That's a whole nother story, right? So it's just so much stigma in so many places. And I feel like as advocates, we cannot ask for the world to destigmatize themselves or or do away with their stigmatized mind until we as advocates stop stigmatizing each other in this circle um in this box and and start really doing the work that matters right um because we're all navigating the same 
um, disease internally. Our journey is different. Our story is different, but we're all in the same fight. We're trying to educate, what have you. So the stigma that's within has to change, right? Before the stigma on the outside can. So, so many people to this day, you have a baby? How do you have mm-hmm. a baby? It's like, your baby's not sick? No, she's healthy. You had, you had a vaginal birth and I did. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's because they still don't know those common things. I even, um, a young lady had asked another one of my friends, and this was like a couple of years ago. She was like, so the, the dude, her child is 14. So the dude knew you had it? And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. <laughs> well, yeah. But again, I'm not surprised by it, but it's just kind of like, wow, people really still think that basic as to, you know, you sleep with a person, that person got it, you know, or I can cough on you, or if I eat off of one of your forks, you got to throw the fork away. Like we're still there. Mm -hmm. We're Mm -hmm. still there. And that's really, really um, not going to change until um, media changes their narrative. Right. You know, it, you know, unfortunately, we're in a world where people listen to media. They listen to um, social media is very key and king and content is everything and rules the world. Until we change that narrative, we always show, we're always showing somebody who's, you know, near death and dangling the dead with HIV AIDS. We don't show thriving or we don't show or we show someone born with it. And shout out to all my advocates who are born with it. They're amazing, but we got to show both sides. We have to show someone who, you know, didn't make the best decision and slept with someone and they contracted it or they were raped. We got to show different narratives to show how different people are living it in order for that stigma to change. Um, But it's going to take a collective um, effort in order for that. Mm -hmm. Now with your mission, you know, with, speaking about your battle with cancer, how you went into remission and also living with HIV AIDS. How do you marry the two with your platform? Because obviously you have your Cancer Could Never tour, but obviously with, you know, the HIV AIDS platform that you have, I know it means a lot to you and it's important. So how do you marry the two and what's the steps for 2023? Like, how do you juggle both? Like, do you steps for 2023 like how do you juggle both like do you also present that during your cancer could never tour is that something separate that you present with everyone absolutely um i actually just went to ally con um by the colorectal cancer alliance in philly back in september and we um i i did an interview where i told my story and i tapped into i've been living with aids uh, for over a decade and I correlated the two by saying, you know, colorectal cancer was more prone and more of a higher percentage for me because of my compromised immune system. Mm-hmm. So I let people know how important it is to get tested, right? Because the longer you sit untested for HIV or anything where it can compromise your immune system, the more prone you are to get cancers that are more rare right because mine started in my anal area traveled to my rectum right mm-hmm. so again 
had I not had that compromised immune system, it, it wouldn't have been such of a higher percentage for me to get um, a rare cancer. So I always marry those two. And, and I always wear red and blue. And, everybody, and once they hear my story, they're like, the red and blue. I get it now. I get it. And I'm like, because they are married. They are together. Um, because again, had I had taken the time years ago, you know, to just get tested earlier. But again, in the Black community, no, your parents aren't waking up and saying, hey, make sure you get tested for HIV. Right, right. If anything, you're taught to not have a baby first mm, versus right. don't bring home a baby. Don't bring home, not, don't bring home STD, but don't bring home a baby. So we're, we're taught, you know, we're taught in spurts, right? So now I have to kind of unteach, right, as I'm educating because they're like, oh man, I didn't even think of it like that. And even when I did my interview at AllyCon um, with the Colorectal Cancer Alliance, they were like, I, I didn't even think of it like that. And I'm like, exactly. You don't know who's coming in here with a compromised eating system. You know, whether it's whatever it is, a compromising immune system does not help your mm -hmm. chances navigating colorectal cancer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I found something interesting just on what you just mentioned when you um, were saying how it went from March to April and just getting, you know, the doctors to, I guess, diagnose correctly. I just find that like terrible considering that you do have a compromised immune system. I didn't even think about that when you mentioned it and it just dawned on me, you just said it like you would think that, like you said, you have a compromised immune system that it shouldn't have went from March to April. You know, I just, you know, I've had these private conversations with people just in general, how women of color, like we have to feel like do extra just for the doctors to listen to us. And I just, you know, it really just dawned on me just when you said that. And I just yeah. think it's fortunate because Obviously, we want to open a conversation so that we're comfortable in saying, hey, I'm going to go to the doctor when I don't feel right. I'm going to go to the doctor when I feel like I need to be tested for something. We want to be able to be comfortable, but it's a, it's a partnership. We also need the medical professional, professionals, too, to be more sensitive and to be able to listen to us, too. You know? Absolutely. Do you ever get a chance to, I guess, speak more to the medical professionals too as well? Like, do you ever get the opportunities to like, kind of like, you know, tap them like, hey, you know, here's yeah. something that yeah. you can do to make it, like you said, to make it better for people that are stepping into, you know, in front of them in the examination room who have HIV AIDS. And like you said, sometimes people's bedside manners are terrible. And even when we come in there with other issues, sometimes their bedside manners are terrible. So do you ever get opportunities to kind of educate them too? Because I think that's the main group, if you think about it, that would really benefit, you know, from these conversations. Because a lot of these doctors have no clue how they come off to us and how is it this service? Absolutely. I've had a chance a few times um, and I definitely want to dive deeper into talking to a medical professional, especially after I've navigated the whole cancer thing, because that was a whole different type of um, struggle with my medical professionals. Um, but when I did have a chance to, they were really um, oblivious, you know, to the, the lack of or understanding how important the bedside manner part is, right? In their mind, we're doing what we can. We're just coming in and telling you so on and so forth, you know. Um, 
However, it's more than, yeah, we know you have a degree. Yeah, we know you know your medical stuff, but I know my body and you got to listen to me. Right. You know, um, and some of them feel like you can't tell them anything because they are the ones who, <laughs> with the doctorate degree, right? Mm-hmm. However, um, they were prone to listen, you mm-hmm. know, listening and hearing is totally different things. Did they hear me? That's another story. But did mm-hmm. they listen? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but you definitely, as a, as a woman of color, you definitely have to put that in there too. Like my pain is not discounted because I'm a woman of color, right. you know? You know, I know our culture has been through a lot. <laughs> However, my pain and my voice matters with me telling you, I need you to check this out deeper. Mm-hmm. So um, when, when you kind of say it like that as well, they start hearing. They mm-hmm. start hearing. Wow. So I want to barrel back. So I know like with everything that you do, you also do talk about my favorite topic, of course, which is self-love, you know, and I just think it's important that we have more conversations on just loving ourselves too. It's a bigger conversation than just, oh, you know, I'm going to go get a massage on Sunday. It's self-love, something that starts internal and it's something that we need because a lot of women of color and, and when I say women of color, it's not to knock out, obviously, other races, but I'm just speaking from our particular experience, you know, as women of color, we have to truly value ourselves, because like we just said, we're our biggest advocate. There's times that people just don't generally listen to us, you know, even in situations where we need help from a doctor, or just when we're battling illnesses, or just dealing with depression, or just strictly loving ourselves, or just like you mentioned, too just about the conversation that HIV AIDS about just not just looking at maybe people who are born with it. And you mentioned something very key where you said something about decisions. Sometimes we, a lot of things we do in our life, it stems back to self-love, you know, aches are things, our decisions, our choices that we've made that have led to certain paths in our lives, but it's important to forgive ourselves and to truly love ourselves and then pass the torch on to the next person that may prevent certain things in their lives just by letting them know how important they really are and how to value themselves. So what role has self-love played? I know we've talked about this in the past, but like I said, you engine that keeps going, the little engine that could, like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so again, what's your stance with self-love and how important is it just in the battle that you're doing? Like I said, you're doing an amazing job and just opening that conversation. So what role has self-love played in this journey that you're going through right now, Keisha J? Man, uh, so, you know, <laughs> years ago, especially in high school, I, we, I accumulated, I can't say we, mm-hmm. I accumulated self-love with looking pretty, looking the part, making sure, you know, I was dressed to the nines, the higher the heel, the higher the self-esteem. And that was so not the case. You know, all it took was that one relationship to shake the table. And Mm -hmm. it did. And it totally stripped me of my confidence, my self-esteem, all the things that I thought I had because I looked good. But because Mm -hmm. my mind didn't process, like, how could he treat a person? I'm good to him. I look good. (laughs) You know, how does that, how do you treat a person like that? My Self-love just totally went out the window because I equated self-love and self-care 
to buying things or wearing those things Mm -hmm. until I got real broken, broken all the way down um, just off of not understanding how someone could not love you when you're giving them the best part of yourself. So you think, right? When you really only giving those scrappings and pieces, because that's really all you got. Mm -hmm. Until I was like, okay, this internal work is a little jack, Mm -hmm. right? And then once I was diagnosed, it was like, just as I'm realizing now I get knocked down with five double punches, right? And I was like, okay, so how do you bounce back from this, right? How do, how do you mentally, I still have not even recovered from this broken relationship. How do I recover from this? So I had to like do a self-talk talk once again. Like I had to find the pieces and say, okay, girl, I need you to remember who you are. Like if we got to, and, and I faked it till I made it for a while, just because that's all I knew how to do. You know, uh, a lot of women in our lives as we grow up, past generations, they don't know self-love either, for real. Right, right. You know what I mean? So it's just like, where do I get these pieces from? So I had to crash and burn, crash and burn so many times so I understood that there's something inside the mechanics, inside. The car looks amazing on the outside. Few dings, few dings, she look good, but internally, the engine's about to stop, <laughs> the alternator's jacked, tire, you know, everything is a mess. So I was like, okay, I need a whole rebuild system. Like, I tire, you know, everything is a mess. So I was like, okay, I need a whole rebuild system. Like, I, I need to do something internally um, that's working because. I don't think women, and I'm speaking for women, I don't think we understand when we go and we pick the same type of person and we engage in the same type of activity, it's it, it's not a them thing. It's a you thing at that point. Mm, right. So we have to stop and step back and be like, and we laugh when we like, girl, why does it seem like I attract the same type of person? It's because it's a piece of you, of yourself, it's a little rotten that you keep attracting that type of person. And I think we get so caught up in being physically touched and being physically with the person that we don't get a chance to say, let me step back and let me learn how to just, you know, love up on myself, Netflix with myself, chill with myself, trip Barbados by myself, you know, because social media has told us that self-love is taking a picture with our boo and telling the world that we happy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, they're not happy. Nope. Individually, they're mm-hmm. not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to, for me, I had to step back. Sometimes you got to step back from the world and step back from distractions to do that work. Right? Yeah. I did that one time, did it a second time. But it was always that, oh, well, I'm going to stop doing social media for seven days. <laughs> and then we think that's like a, a, a big old healing detox. And it's just like, we can't do nothing now. You, you still scrolled mm-hmm. until I was like, I'm taking the app off. I'm not doing no social media. And I'm not going back until God tells me it's time. Mm. And, and it was a year, two years, three years, four years. And then I said, you know what? My now, my insides is trembling because I'm not fulfilling my purpose. Because now I need to help people. So then that's when I was like, God, okay, it's time. But I had to step back and do that work though, right? So 
I think it's imperative that people do that self-assessment, but that self-assessment is going to lead you to have to do some uncomfortable things to get to that true self-healing that you're supposed to get to. Right. You're right. Is that, and that's the thing, getting to a stage of enlightenment, alignment, and self-love, it's work, you know, and I think that's why some people may not be ready to take that path. So like you said, they just sprinkle sugar over ish and just go about their business. And now, like you said, social media is such it's so toxic, you know, because some people get that gratification because like mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm a selfie, I'm gonna get these these thumbs up and these hearts from people that don't even like us, don't love us, but they get that because they want that quick fix. So they feel like that's fixing something. But you know, when you get to that true maturity, like you said, the rot, that's the part. There's something rotten, like you can they can smell it. So when there's that mm-hmm. rotten part of you is like an unhealed wound it's syruping over it's smelling and the negative elements can smell it on you it ain't so vulnerable and that you want you know you keep meeting the same calling tyrone because that's all you're attracting and it's it's nothing to be ashamed of but you have to do the work in order to get to that point of healing and sometimes it takes years and sometimes then be like okay well i'm doing this self-discovery and oh wait I found out that, gee, I'm the common denominator in some of these things that's really hurting exactly. or maybe the way I'm reacting or handling these things, you know, because we all, like I said, we all have a cross to bear, you know, so there's some things that have been thrown at us that we did not ask for, yeah. but, you know, it's how we navigate through those things that could be causing us a great deal of pain, you know, and sometimes we're working on one thing that hurt us. And we haven't healed from things that may have happened. We were children or, like I said, we were vulnerable. And now we're these grown little girls dealing with things from the past. That's attracting certain things, you know, that hinders us. You know? Exactly. Self-love is work. (laughs) It's continuous work. It's never ending work. (laughs) Right. It's never ending work. And I don't think that's what people get. I think um, we, we go again social media, um, advertises, you know, let me heal you for 297. Let me take you on a retreat that's going to like cure you from everything that you didn't been through for 456. And it's just like, that's not how that works. There's no, you can't put a price tag on true healing, no matter what it is that you do, because it's a never ending process. My makeup and my pamphlet for the healing that I did is not the same pamphlet for you it isn't going to be the same blueprint and i don't think a lot of people understand that because your prayers are going to be different your walk with god is going to be different your conversation is going to be different with god it's not going to be the same conversation that i had Mm -hmm. um um everybody thinks that it's something that you can kind of just buy off of social media in terms of like doing that self-work and I've been around a lot of females that feel like your um, accolades, your degrees, um, your designer clothing, your handbags, um, even down to the person that you're with can just showcase, I'm healed, I'm here, I'm free, I'm a six-figure chick, I'm a seven-figure chick, I'm a role to billionaire, and I'm this and I'm that, but that does not mean you're healed, right? 
So then you get blocks of followers who follow you because they see the things that you have, but they have no idea of all of the of the designer bandages those really are, right? Because you really have healing work. So now we're falsely pouring into people and falsely healing people and falsely trying to get these people on this money train. But I really want people to understand that, you know, you cannot turn someone into a boss or to an entrepreneur or into this six-figure chick or this six-figure man or crypto head or NFT person until they've done that work on the inside. Because once they do get the bags and those things, it's all going to go to shit, excuse my language, because they know what to do with it. Because the moment something shakes their internal table, all of that is going to go to the wayside. Right. You, and I love how you said designer band-aids. And that's like I said, and I, I mention it a lot. Like I just, social media just, it, it, it hinders, you know, and obviously there's benefits to social media, you know, it, and depending on how you look at it. But as far as for the self-love conversation, you know, the unhealed journey, it doesn't matter. Like you said, you have six or seven figures. If you're broken, it's not going to fill those voids, period. You know what I'm saying? Having peace and wholeness is something that there's no price tag on it, you mm-hmm. know? And that instant gratification is not going to cut it. And I know like self-love is starting to, I'm happy people are talking about it, but, you know, that's when you feel, you find out who the real soldiers are when we have this conversation because it's like, okay, are you really doing the work? Are you really rolling up your sleeves? Are you really being transparent with yourself? Having, you know, like me personally, getting over domestic violence, getting over PTSD, that's not something that you don't just wake up tomorrow like, you know what? All those years I dealt with that, it's just over and done with because I made this post, I, I reposted, you know, a meme and I'm healed, you know, that's, you know, I got some likes on it, you know, like I'm deep, you know, putting a quote that I didn't even make. No, you know, that's not, you know, what it is, but it goes with really opening yourself. Like, it's like a dissection, you know, like we did in school, like when we took that part of whatever and we took it apart and we had to learn about those different pieces, that really is how we get to some level of self-love with ourselves. And again, like you said, it's a process. So yeah, it's not like we're all still on a journey. So a lot of times, like they say, you can look back on the past and say, okay, I'm not who I used to be, but I'm still moving forward, you know, because it's still a journey. It's a daily thing, you know, because we all have some battles, you know, and it's just not an overnight thing. And again, I think the bigger conversation too is, really realizing that you're worthy of achieving these things, you know, and there's nothing to be ashamed of. We have all gone through some ish and sometimes, you know, that shame gets to you too. Like, man, I can't believe I spent these years, you know, with this fool that, you know, made mistreated me, or I can't believe I made these decisions that I still have to deal with the repercussions of. We beat ourselves up so much instead of just stepping back and forgiving ourselves and just doing the work to move forward, you know? But again, it's, it's just, you know, it's a huge, it's a lot of work, <laughs> as we well know. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a ton of work. And I think 
again, I don't always want to use social media. I just think society, period, waters that down, waters that work down um, and negates the fact that healing is a constant journey. It's a journey. It's an everlasting journey. Um, some, some people can get over things or play like they're over things in a year, but they don't understand. Like it's a lot of stuff that you're still navigating, even just in your parental relationship with your parents, maternal, paternal, whether he was, your father was present or not. You know, a lot of women have mommy issues. You know, they bump heads with their mom and um, lack the presence of their dad, you know, vice versa with men. So it's so many things that you're healing from. And sometimes that doesn't even come out till you have your own child, you know? Yeah. Or you don't figure that out until then. So it's journey, you know, nothing gets healed at the age of 30. You don't turn 35 and it's like, oh my God, I'm definitely on the path to perfection. It don't work like that. Oh yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, I'm 45 years old and the work is not done. You know, it'll never be fully completed. You know what I'm saying? Because there's always something. It's a regular thing. That's just like if you're if you if you practice particular eating habits, you have to be disciplined. Same thing with the self-love journey. You have to have that discipline to to continue to work on yourself. You know, that's like if you stop smoking, it's not like, okay, well, I stopped smoking last month, so I'm I'm good. Like I'll just start smoking again in July and get back up. No, it's just like it's discipline you know so same thing with self-love same thing with self-forgiveness because we can have those moments where we can snap back and it's like okay I'm back in this self-deprecation you know I'm back in a you know I'm having a flashback of when you know I just didn't know any better so again it's that we have to keep going to do so another thing before we end everything I know that you have the tour coming up and like I say you definitely be coming in my state soon which I'm really excited about What's something that you would like to leave someone with who tunes in? Maybe like an affirmation or just something to a, a thought of empowerment maybe for someone who tunes in right now, who, like I said, a lot of times we struggle because we just simply can't forgive ourselves, you know, over whatever we're dealing with, whether it's a health issue, mental health, or just something from the past or a decision we made that we just can't understand why we did that you know like what would be something that you would like to leave people with just as an affirmation in order to move forward like you said cancer can never but low self-esteem can never domestic violence can never poverty can never like we have the tools to get over certain things so what would you like to leave everyone with as a gift of empowerment yes first I would like to say and this is two parts um perception is reality right so when I'm saying this to individuals who spend their life on social media as an escape, right? So remember all of those things that you're seeing from pictures to people who post, your perception of what it is, is your reality, right? Meaning, so if someone posts like their life is perfect and you feeling like, oh my God, my life is really not the best and theirs is perfect, that's your perception. That's what they posted and want you to think, right? So Mm -hmm. you have to understand that we have to take ourselves out of comparison, right? And understand you are designed to do and be and walk in your own purpose. That has nothing to do with anybody else. There's no such thing as competition or comparison when you know exactly who you are. And how you get to that is doing that internal work. 
Mm-hmm. That means being uncomfortable. That means being alone. And I want people to know, know that there's a difference between being alone and being lonely, right? Mm-hmm. Being mm-hmm. lonely spirit, being alone means that you need to be alone because you need to hear something spiritually. You need to go on this journey alone to do the work that you need to need to do. So I want to affirm to individuals to not to be afraid to be alone and do the work. If you're single, understand that that person that's designed for you is not going to come until you do the work. If you are married and in a union, union with somebody, understand that both of you all grow every day. Every year, he going to be a new person. Every year, Miss Lady, you going to be a new person. But the point is, is you want to be on that same path together. And that takes communication. That takes both of you healing and getting over childhood issues, rootage issues, whatever. So understand that the only perception and reality that you should have is the perception and reality of you and where you're going, right? Stay in your lane. Stop switching lanes. Stop trying to be like the next Tesla over next to your lane. Like you have to be focused on you with the spiritual platform of God or whoever you serve. The platform got to be that. And then everything else falls into place. And then you won't be in such a rush to say, oh my God, I got to heal by 2023 because I got to get this done. You understand that you're going to be still healing in 2027. But the point is how you ride down that path of healing is what's going to get you to where you need to be. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely, definitely. So before we end everything, tell everybody how they can learn more about you, how they can follow you on social media, <laughs> and also how they can learn more about the Cancer Can Never Tour. And yes. Next too. So I know like the tour is going on. Is there anything else that you got going on that you want to tell us? Like, is there anything else? Um, you know, after working in the industry for so many years and just being so frustrated with how um, labels or entertainment entities tell these individuals stories, right? Um, even then, there, when you see a celebrity or you see anybody who was of, of influence or high status, you just, people are so concerned with the visuals. Is she light-skinned, dark-skinned, but big, but big breasts? And it's just like, people don't understand, or these big machines and entities behind don't understand that how much you could sell if you just tell a person's true story. You never know what that person that you're trying to look like a pinup doll really is going through that can help a whole million of people. So I said, you know what? I, I, I know I'm here to help other people who are navigating tell a story who may not have the budget to go get a publicist who may not know anything about how to get their story out there so i have an organization which is subscription based where i have um a collaborator and investor and i have individuals who are publicists who help me tell the story of people who have brands and they may have lupus they may be domestic violence sex trafficking and they have a story to tell but they do not know how to get that press they do not know how to do collaborations with big brands and um, my goal is to help them tell that story like with their branding imagery and getting the story out there because the number one question I always get is, well, how did you get connected with this? How did you do that? And I'm like, you know, for years I did have a publicist, but it's a lot of it that I did myself. Yeah. And 
stuff. So I just want to help other people do it too. Cause it's a lot of people who have dope stories outside of mine, you know, but they just don't know where to start. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They don't know, you know, um, or they're navigating their thing, whatever that is. And they just don't know how to get that first picture, that first news story or magazine feature. They don't know how to do it. So um, my goal is just to help them figure that out. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Wonderful. And tell everybody how they can follow you. I know we may have, yeah. um, we didn't mean a bad social media. We were just saying, <laughs> like, tell everybody how they can follow you too. Yeah. So everything is at I am Keisha J. Um, I would say I am Keisha J.com. However, if you go to my Instagram and click the link in my bio, it'll take you to everything about me, my website, um, my cancer-free site that tells you all the tour dates, um, anything. You can Google Keisha J and it'll tell you every single thing about me and you can learn a million times more about my story. So I'm just forward to 2023 and all the blessings that are in store. Yes, Jess. Thank you so much for this conversation and welcome back. I'm so happy that we were able to link up again. I know we chat a lot, but I'm definitely happy that you're back on the platforms. Like I said, what you're doing is amazing. I just love your testimony and how God is using you as a vessel because so many people, like I said, they're going through and they need to see examples, you know, that you can get over. And again, we also talked about the self-healing journey, of course, but it's an ongoing thing and there's nothing to be ashamed of to continue to work on yourself, you know, and I just thank you again for just being so transparent and I just love what you're doing and just thank you again just for just the connection and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. I cannot wait to this drops in World AIDS Day, an important day. Got to treat it like it's every day. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much. And thank you guys again for tuning into the key chat. We try to have important conversations. We live in a world right now that is so negative and so toxic sometimes. And we can't even turn on the news without getting reminders of the negative things that's going on, the unsafe things that's going on. But I do like to try and build this platform so that we can have positive conversations just about healing and just loving yourself. And I know that it may sound a little pretentious or just just like a cliche to just say to go love yourself. But I really truly mean that from the bottom of my heart, like go love yourself in the literal sense, give yourself that hug, whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever that unhealed wound is, you have nothing to be ashamed of. You deserve peace. You deserve love and you deserve wholeness, whatever it takes to get to that you owe it to yourself. So that's what I mean when I say to please go love yourself. So again, if you want to have just some positive conversations and learn from some positive, badass women, go ahead and just tune into the key chat, goqueen.com and just get some fullness, healness, wholeness for some amazing women with some great testimonies. Thank you guys for the support and tuning in and make sure you go love yourself.